Hello, my name is Anthony Thompson. I'm the CEO of the Kwame Building Group. You're listening to one of the greatest new podcasts in the city of St. Louis, Building Project Diversity. Please tune in and learn a few things about how you can improve diversity and delivery of your projects in the city of St. Louis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Build St. Louis, the regional podcast that's capturing and sharing the very heartbeat of construction. I'm your host, Carrie Smith, owner of Construction News and Review, or CNR Magazine. And with us on this episode is Jeff Kiefer. He's the National Director of Commercial and Industrial Sales at Milwaukee Valve, which began in 1901, by the way. That's certainly a multi-generational company. And Jeff has worked in the construction supply industry for three decades or nearly. He joins us today to talk about the need for connectedness in the community of builders and suppliers, essentially bringing all the project players, the whole team, including suppliers, to the table as early as possible. Jeff is actively training trades and the Mechanical Contractors Association of Eastern Missouri on this very topic of connectedness. So welcome, Jeff Kiefer. Kiefer, it's a pleasure to have you with us on Build St. Louis. Thank you, Carrie. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Oh, you got it. So tell us more on a high level about the value of, I love how you call it, true connectedness between builders and suppliers. What does that look like? How does it manifest on a high level and why is it important? I, I think that there's more to everyone's effort out there. We all play our part. And I think from the highest level, looking at the goal to build something, we all play a small part, but the goal ultimately is to build something. And it takes a lot, takes a lot of uh, coordination and collaboration. And uh, in addition to having the self-interest of selling my products, I've, I've also <laughs> found it a helpful selling tool to be a part of that community and think of it as a higher level and trying to serve some of those needs that are beyond just a product. So that's how I've, I don't think I felt that way about it in my younger days. I think that this idea of connecting to a higher purpose, specifically not just to get my product specified and sold, but to make sure that it's acceptable by way of doing more and connecting to the greater effort. I found that more fulfilling as my career got, as my life, maybe wisdom, perhaps. Exactly. Um, wisdom with age. I'm completely relating to you there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that makes a lot of sense. And we were talking before we got on the uh, podcast about, I think, a lot of players in the construction industry, whether they're architects or the contractor or construction manager or the trades business rep or whomever it is. They're just seeing the value and the satisfaction and the success of the project as let's start as early as we can and get everybody to the table so it doesn't create, I would imagine, a good amount of headaches if things aren't coordinated early on. So right. I know you mentioned about how these, there's really four areas where connectedness has value in terms of all the players on project teams. And I'm looking forward to hearing what those are and maybe examples of them and sure. take it away on those. Yeah, putting some thought into how we have, you know, Milwaukee Valve and me personally recently, I've tried to contribute uh, and I've found that there's four areas that the construction trade really could use some connectedness to other resources. And those are, I'll just list them, labor, sure. regulations, technology, and supply chain slash price, cost, 
et cetera. And right. those are four places that are always changing, evolving, moving. And uh, in, in some ways, some of those, especially on the labor side, is an area that is affecting everyone. It's a challenge for my company as a manufacturer, as well as the customers I sell to in the supply chain and the construction industry. Any way we can help each other in those four areas. And I've found training to be an integral part of helping folks with labor. Once you've onboarded new people, they need to be trained. And that's a big task. It can be expensive. It can require a lot of staff. And why not use your suppliers to come in and train you on the equipment that they're installing or products that they'll be servicing? And if it's time is money, right, for a project and, and a contractor and an owner. So if they can bring in you all rather than the on-ramp, the time it would take for them to become experts to the level they need to be, that makes complete sense. Yes. And so the, some of the training we've done is in the local union trade organizations, local 562 in St. Louis, myself and others. I'll be doing some training there early April, but I'm not the only. There's folks in my trade that sell products like mine or equipment or all different types of products that do training in those organizations, as well as continuing education credits for local engineers. There's a company in St. Louis that does steam laboratory tra training. They, as well as Milwaukee Valve, have been connected with the MCA in Eastern Missouri doing trainings uh, through their organization as well. And then the other, that other one I mentioned was regulation. That's something that Occasionally, there are some regulations that change, whether it be the changes to the Safe Drinking Water Act, maybe about 10 or so years ago. And uh, more recently, there are some regulations affecting places like Colorado, where um, they're uh, implementing regulations to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions that are very significantly going to affect the building trades there and the equipment used to meet those regulations. Training in that regard also helps level up the knowledge of what's new and what's coming out to meet regulations like that. When you're speaking, I thought about things regionally, and I didn't think nationally how certain states really are going to have to rise to a new standard quickly with everything that's being rolled out with. That's a perfect example of Colorado with the greenhouse gas emission standards. So right. you must, you, your phone must jingle from particular states and companies and contractors and projects that are maybe did anticipate or didn't how those regulatory changes are going to impact the very nature of what they're doing. That might be one that doesn't affect uh, the use or technology of my products, but it definitely affects the people that we sell to and the customers. So those that own and operate buildings that may or may not meet these emissions requirements, it's going to affect us all and the contractors that install equipment that may change over time what equipment they install to meet those regulations. So while it may not change whether or not a Milwaukee valve is used in that building or not, it, it is affecting our customers. And anywhere that we're, where they're affected, we should have the same interest. That's how I wow. feel. Yeah, great point. I think the third one you spoke to was technology and how connectedness has value in that component of a project. And Boy, that seems like an obvious, but I would love for you to fill in the relevance on that point. Yeah, thanks. I think Fortunately, there are some technological advances that come along from time to time that are a big advantage to us, whether it's environmental or just doing things more efficiently. So new products do come along from time to time. 
And some of those new products are uh, created in order to meet a new regulation. I'll give a couple of examples. The, the HVAC popularity of VRF systems, variable refrigerant flow, that's, that is another way to uh, control temperature in a building. It's an example of a new technology, although it's really not new, but it is growing in popularity in the United States now. And so training about those systems, installation of them, maintenance of them is important. And I've seen distribution and manufacturers of those systems and products do that training with the trade. The VRF technology, is that like a component of heating, ventilation, and air conditioning or where... Like where does that commercial level refrigerant come into play? The system has been used residentially and it is growing in popularity on the commercial side. The line sizes, the piping, the valves that are used, the everything about it is much different than uh, conventional HVAC uh, systems. So there's always new technology like that. Another one would be plastics. As, as, as long as they've been around, there's Still some new places for plastics to be utilized where they weren't before. So you're seeing some larger diameter pipe sizes with a fusible or fusion connect, a piping that can be connected with fusion rather than, in some cases, rather than steel pipe. The acceptability of that product is growing and it most definitely requires training. And I'm seeing manufacturers and their representative agencies doing this training with the trades. And you're talking about folks that have been welding and threading, mostly welding, in some cases, grooving and connecting pipe of steel material, now looking at how to use plastic in that same application. It can be a cost savings, especially on the labor side. You're not carrying as heavy a material. I'm not an advocate for either of either piping material. Right. Uh, I'm not selling either one. I don't have a skin in the game there. It's something of value to customers and users and the and the, in, the folks installing and requires training for them to be able to know how to install it because it's a much different process. Those are a couple of examples. And then not to rush you at all, but I know the fourth one is anything with supply chain these days, the past four years intrigues me. How can we, mean the project team, work together and be connected on that topic and not leave it all to those who have to procure materials. I think the supply chain was one of the things that myself and all of us really took for granted because when just-in-time delivery is the norm and what everyone expects, it's never a problem until it's not in time. And the testament to the global economy, or at least the economy we operate in, our supply chain was pretty bulletproof until it wasn't. But that's an ongoing thing, and I think an ongoing focus on it would be helpful. I was recently uh, in a meeting where someone within our company was speaking to the fact that the Panama Canal, for a period of time, didn't have as much water in it, and so it was passing about half as many ships, which meant import was was having to go another route. So being ahead of the curve on those things for the construction industry would be beneficial in addition to part of the supply chain, of course, is cost, some connectivity of information so people can be prepared for what might be ahead. If you don't know, you don't plan. And if you know that there's something ahead, a bump in the road or a slowdown in uh, some particular material or an increase in cost of some material, it'd be very helpful. I would think for a public or private sector project owner, there would be a lot of support for all of this engagedness if you 
if that's a word, just for them to know that the team that they've selected, however, what through whatever method, delivery method, is on it with this stuff. Can you talk a little bit about any no. interaction you've had with like project owners and how important this is to them? Because I'm sure it does translate to the bottom line. Yeah, it definitely does. Because ultimately, quite a bit of the cost, while there's a lot of material, you really can't replace the cost of people standing around with nothing to install. That's expensive and it's preventable. Knowing where some supply interruptions or longer lead times is beneficial. I think we were taking that supply chain thing for granted when it all of a sudden became a problem. Through the MCA, we created a, just a panel that we just brought in a group of suppliers to speak to CA members. This is now about two years ago. And I thought it was helpful to give folks an update of what was ahead. And if the dialogue continues, then everyone's a little bit more aware and not so surprised um, if there's hiccups again. Give me an idea, maybe the Eastern Missouri chapter mainly that you're working with, or how many companies are you interacting with through that and trades and stuff, just ballpark? I'm more recently in a role with Milwaukee Valve of a national level. Prior to that, prior to two weeks ago, actually. Congrats again. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's prior awesome. to two weeks ago, I, I was covering a six and a half state territory. And, and before that, spent a lot of my time managing sales in St. Louis. And my connection with the MCA has been mostly with the Eastern Missouri chapter. But I've also been involved in a few other MCA organizations, specifically in Denver, a little bit there. And that organization are both all, if you will, bring together the MCA members. And I think they do a lot of what I'm talking about here. So some of it is, for example, in the Eastern Missouri chapter, they have a scholarship program where they give scholarships to membership students within the membership, often their sons and daughters of members. And the associate members, the suppliers, manage the golf tournament for that organization. That golf tournament contributes a good amount of money towards the scholarships, not all of it. The Mechanical Contractors Association, for people listening, you might, the type of profile of a member, they may be like a mm. specialty mechanical contractor or a electrical contractor or, I guess the name yeah, is yeah. mechanical. It's probably sure. mostly mechanical contractors. I just wanted to see mm -hmm. you know, who you're working with in terms of... Mechanical or in nature, they're going to be in structural, mechanical, and HVAC infrastructure in a building. They'll also be doing work in a refinery or a power plant. So you're talking labor of welders, pipe fitters, plumbers, for sure. Significant weight of labor in those trades. Yeah, that really helps me understand the value of why you're devoting time working with that organization. Gosh, I could ask you questions all day, but I'm going to keep you from actually doing your expanded role that you just received. That's fantastic. We'll look forward to checking back with you, Jeff, because now you've got that truly nationwide perspective on what's going on. And really, truly appreciate that. And I learned before we came on the air that Milwaukee Valve your manufacturer has been around since 1901. It's a pretty yeah. long track record for what you do. That's right. We're still, we're part of a larger organization now, but still family owned even. So we're still a privately held family owned business. We're very proud of that. And then, and it really still feels like we're working for a family business, although we're part of a larger one 
still feels like it. Awesome. Talk about connectedness. <laughs> That's a perfect example. So we've been talking on this episode of Build St. Louis with Jeff Kiefer, who's the National Director of Commercial and Industrial Sales at Milwaukee Valve. And Jeff, it's just been a pleasure. This has been a great perspective for us to gain, especially those of us that are tangential to the construction industry. But I really applaud you for your, as you said, as it's evolved through the years, you're just your goal of bringing as many colleagues on board and having substantive conversations to be connected so that the those who work on the projects are trained and, and connected. That's what you've shared today makes sense. What a key priority that should be. Really appreciate you being with us today. Thanks, Carrie. We've supported CNR for a lot of years through, through advertising, and I we've certainly got our money's worth, but I've also enjoyed and been very, very definitely receiving the benefits of reading your weekly broadcasts and, and these podcasts. So thanks for having me. Really appreciate oh, it. Oh, I really appreciate your kind words as we have put the pedal to the metal and ourselves grown into a growing into a national footprint since November 1st. So that means a lot to me that in that you're taking precious time to read what we're putting out. And I know that the listeners have learned a lot today. So thanks again. Come back and see us. Thank you. Contegra is construction with integrity. We mean it, believe in it, and manifest it in all we do. Without structural integrity, a building won't endure. Without personal integrity, a client relationship won't grow. We develop and complete projects safely, on time, and within budget. We don't shy away from an aggressive timeline, nor from a project or vision that's years in the making. Contegra, construction with integrity.